More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, welcome back. Hour three of Clay and Buck kicks off, and we have a special guest for you, somebody that is both uh, in the news as well as in the know when it comes to how to deal with things like uh, urban warfare, uh, tactics in a situation like what we're seeing with the Israelis fighting against these Hamas terrorists. Uh, but this news story got our attention. Republican lawmaker erupts at Biden administration officials during Israel briefing. Representative Derek Van Orden of Wisconsin confronted officials and shouted obscenities at them, according to a Democratic lawmaker in the room. We wanted to hear from Representative Van Orden. I uh, was also a former Navy SEAL talking about this. Congressman, thanks for being you here. You are correct. You bet. Hey, I want to be explicitly, absolutely clear. I use I use no profanity at all during that brief. So that is inaccurate. What is accurate is I didn't. Well, it's inaccurate that I erupted. I stood in line and then spoke in a microphone. There was a uh, without I'm not going to discuss anything classified during this interview. There was a member from the uh, National Intelligence Agency, the State Department and the Department of Defense. And I just told him, look, I've been to hundreds, if not thousands of classified briefings, and this was the most pathetic and useless one I've ever heard. You've answered my question by your briefing. I understand now why this was the greatest intelligence failure in 50 years. It's your fault. You're horrible. Yes, I said that. And then I talked to the State Department. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, you know, are we actually going to get Americans out? Yes or no? And then the Department of Defense talks like 10 minutes, never mentioned the phrase American hostage. I'm like, hey, that's your primary responsibility. The, we have American citizens that are being held captive by savages, and you're telling me a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with this? Are you kidding me? So here's what needs to happen. We need to vigorously and absolutely support the state of Israel now. We need to give them whatever they need to get rid of these savages. That includes all of our intelligence assets if they need those, all the ordinance, everything. We need to provide that to the people of Israel because Jews are being slaughtered at a level that we have not seen since the Holocaust. 
So I think my Democrat colleagues mistook what I was trying to say. I'm, I'm terribly uh, not happy with the Biden administration in particular because they seem to have forgotten that we are a co-equal branch of government. And anything they want to send to Israel, which again, I fully support um, getting rid of all these terrorists, they're savages, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, all these guys, it's long overdue to get rid of these folks. But anything they want to send over there, we have to authorize because we are a co-equal branch of government. And I'm not going to sit around anymore and just get walked on because I'm a member of Congress. Those people owe us truthful, um, honest, timely, and accurate intelligence briefs so that we can decide and do our constitutional duty as members of the House of Representatives to provide the resources that are requested by the executive branch. That's what that's about. And I tell you what, if I was one of my Democrat colleagues and someone talked to me like that, um, I would be very angry. Because guess what? I, I disagree with my Democrat colleagues the vast majority of time, but they're still members of this House. Each one of them represents 750,000 American citizens, and they are due the respect for that and that reason um, alone. So I'm not taking this anymore from this administration. I do want to caveat with this. Anthony Blinken spoke with Mr. Netanyahu over in Jerusalem, and this is going to blow your mind. I fully support everything that Anthony Blinken said in regards to what they're trying to do to help Israel. So those can exist in the same universe. I can stand up to these people and say, you know, please do your job and remember who you're talking to, a co-equal branch of government. And I, and I can also say I, I support what the Secretary of State said um, in Jerusalem about us supporting Israel. Those can both exist at the same time. Clear that up. Congressman, yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I just wanted to follow up and, and get a sense as to do, do you sure. believe that your your Democrat colleagues in the Congress have an understanding? I mean, are are they, you know, are are they ready for this moment? And and are they psychologically fully mobilized in this fight against barbarism? Insofar as it means the support of Israel that you're talking about, you know, is there any trepidation from them, or are they? Are they mostly on board? Well, we do have a couple of people in the Democratic caucus who are about anti-Semites. So are they on board with this? No. Is there a place for that in Congress? No. Um, do the vast majority of my Democrat colleagues support the efforts to allow Israel not just to have the right to exist, but to live peacefully and freely with their children? Yeah, they do. And my Republican colleagues do also. So here's what I went on a different network this morning, and I said this, man. Hey, if you truly believe what you're saying to my Republican colleagues and I and to my Democrat colleagues who have, you know, stand with Israel signs and everything all over their congressional offices now, if they truly believe that, here's what they need to do. On both sides of the aisle, you need to vote for Steve Scalise and get him in as speaker because Jim Jordan has endorsed him. Jim Jordan is a very good friend of mine. He's one of the most honorable men I've ever met in my life. And I told him that yesterday after the vote. And I know Steve Scalise very well. And if, if a group of Republicans, and every, don't, let's not forget, 208 Democrats voted to vacate the chair, and they were joined by eight Republicans. That's, uh, that's how that really worked. Um, if they want to have a more conservative person than Kevin McCarthy, they've got it in Steve Scalise. And Jim Jordan is going to give his nominating speech on the floor. 
So if these people really care about Israel, if they really care about stamping out and crushing these savages that have committed these horrific acts, then they need to get a speaker in that chair so that we can do our job as members of Congress. And a lot of folks around here in in the House of Representatives also need to understand that we are a co-equal branch of government. So when I have people worshiping at the altar of intelligence agencies and the Department of Defense, that's not all right, man. It is not. I spent my entire life, adult life, in, in the SEAL teams in the Navy for 26 years, multiple combat tours, all that stuff. I did. I was a recognized subject matter expert in all special operations for intelligence work and all this stuff. And so when I'm telling you, do your damn job to these agencies, I know what I'm talking about. It's not a flippant statement. That is like, I know that you know better than that. So be better than that. And the Biden administration, every single thing needs to be called out for what they're doing that is wrong. And they also need to be acknowledged for saying what was right, which is exactly what the Secretary of State did in Jerusalem today. We're talking to Representative... Mature. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. We're talking to Representative Derek Van Orden of Wisconsin. You said you support what the Secretary of State uh, has said. But you also, when you started, and thanks for coming on with us, uh, said that you thought this was the biggest intelligence failure in 50 years. Do you think this intelligence failure is worse than the failure for 9-11? That is a very good question. I would Let me rephrase that. This is the worst intelligence failure in 50 years in the Middle East. And uh, that's 50 years ago to the day, uh, October 7th, was the Yom Kippur War. That's what I'm referring to. No, 9-11, listen, dude. So Um, why, why, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, why do you think, and that, that I just wanted to make sure uh, that that's not bigger than 9-11, because I think you could argue, Buck and I have talked about this, 9-11 was comparatively much smaller, so the number of people oh. involved in 9-11 was not thousands. Well, well, so pr- it's, propor- proportionally, right. yeah, it was right. proportionally in terms, smaller. Yeah, but so it's right. easier in theory to hide something like that than it might be to hide what effectively was an invasion of right. Israel. So I was curious on that. Why do you Correct. think and let, the failure hey, happened? Well, I don't think the Biden administration is focusing on on priorities that should be priorities. I mean, you can't argue that, that uh, they've been allocating law enforcement and intelligence assets, uh, looking at places that I don't think is appropriate. Um, and I'll leave it at that. But let's let's remember here um, when this happened, the reason that it happened, one of the causative actions of this taking place is the Biden starting, excuse me, starting with President Obama giving Iran millions and millions of dollars in cash and Biden giving Iran millions of dollars in cash and giving Hamas millions of dollars in cash. Guns are not inexpensive. You have to buy ordinance. You have to buy those paragliders and machine guns that they use to slaughter young people at a music festival. You don't just like go pick that up at the store for five bucks. So the amount of money that the Biden administration has funneled to Iran, which is a terrorist regime that then gave it to Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and a large group of other ISIS, everybody, that came from American taxpayers' dollars that were given to this regime by the Biden administration and previously by the Obama administration. And no one can argue that. You know what I mean? That's not a uh, political statement. That's just factual. So you can't give 
Iran hundreds of millions, now billions of dollars, and expect them to like plant a daisy field with that. They're going to buy bombs and guns, and they're going to give them to Hamas, and they're going to train them. They're going to work them up, and they're going to help them infiltrate Israel. Those, those are just factual statements. It's the most absurd thing in the world to think that somebody from Wisconsin, where I live, best place in the world, by the way, dairy farmer <laughs> who's working, you know, he's, he's milking three times a day. It's absurd to think that that person's tax dollars paid for the ordinance that Hamas used to slaughter Jews at a level that we haven't seen since the Holocaust. That just, that doesn't make any sense to anybody if you actually break it down to them. My dairy farmers in the state of Wisconsin paid their tax dollars. Those tax dollars were given by the Obama administration and the Biden administration to Iran, who gave money to Hamas, who funded these attacks. Yeah. That's not okay, dude. So it's not okay. So when you look, uh, you mentioned that there are anti-Semites, and I think that's true in the Democrat caucus inside of uh, of the House right now. I've heard from a lot of people, and I'm curious if you have from your constituents in uh, in the great state of Wisconsin there, that in some ways when you see the way these college uh, and universities have responded to this, this has actually yeah. been a clarifying uh, moment because I've heard from a lot right. of people who are stunned by how much support for Palestine, by how much support for Hamas otherwise educated people have been putting out into the world with their statements and their actions. Uh, were you surprised to see as much uh, support as we have seen for Hamas and the Palestinians uh, in this uh, in this week, even in the immediate aftermath of what we saw on Saturday, or did you expect it? I expected it. You know, a leopard can't change its spots, man. These people have been saying this and trying to equivocate uh, terrorist actions against Jews and against our own people, American people, for a very, very long period of time. So I would have been surprised if they didn't come out and do this. And we're kicking around some ways to, I don't think a single nickel of American taxpayers' dollars should be going to Harvard unless they clean up their house. So they've got those student organizations that flat out said, well, you know, maybe killing Jews isn't so bad. Are you kidding me? No. Why are we paying them? They got a, what, a billion dollar endowment anyway? We shouldn't be funding these universities if they are centers of hate, if they are encouraging terrorism, why? which they are. Those, those statements encourage terrorism. Why on earth should my dairy farmer from Wisconsin pay his tax dollars into a system that's going to pay those universities so that they can uh, praise Hamas, which is a terrorist organization? Again, that's not okay. Do I have a problem with higher education? No. I'm a lifelong learner. I actually dropped out of high school when I was 16. I didn't get a college degree until I was 44. I got accepted to law school at 50. I love learning. But when you have an institution that is harboring and fostering uh, these ideas that promote terrorism, I don't think I should give you any money at all. That's just insane. Congressman Van well, Orden of Wisconsin, we, first of all, sir, we just want to say we, we appreciate uh, your decades of service in the SEAL teams uh, with the Navy. Thank you for that, uh, bringing your expertise here today and uh, and for serving in Congress for Wisconsin. Thanks so much, sir. You got it, man. Oh, by the way, it's not the great state of Wisconsin. It's the greatest state called Wisconsin. Let's get that straight. I'm going to come back on the show, all right? We got you.
And by the way, so you know, for going for going uh, into the future, fifty three yeah. billion dollars is the endowment at Harvard yeah. right now. We shouldn't be giving them okay. any financial support as the country. By the way, Correct. Uh, appreciate and, it. And you know what? Hey, if you go to Harvard, I don't think you should be paying tuition. There you go. I said it out loud. You 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 want you care so much about student debt, then you pay their bill, not me, right? Yeah. No, I think there's a there's a strong argument for that when you're talking about 53 billion endowment that they're not touching and that grows every single year. Thank you, Congressman. Keep up the good work. Yeah, be cool. See you later. Bye. Look, I'm seeing a date on the calendar in December when, Buck, you're going to be on the stage with our good friends Tucker Carlson and Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the CEO of Rad Diversified, current president of the Alternative Investment Association. Buck's going to be speaking at the Investment Wealth Summit in Tampa on Friday, December 1st through Sunday the 3rd. And if you want to learn how to create financial freedom and security for your future, then you'll want to be at the Invest Wealth Summit. Get your tickets online at the website, investwealthsummit.com. Dutch Mendenhall, visionary leader in real estate investing, author of the best-selling book, Money Shackles. He speaks from experience to having grown his own real estate holdings from zero to $200 million in value. Learn how to diversify your portfolio without relying solely on Wall Street. Explore alternative investments. Gain access to unique opportunities and hidden gems. Uncover untapped potential in real estate startups and innovative technologies. Learn how to reduce your tax burden much more. Go to Tampa and check out Dutch, Tucker, Buck, Lisa Booth, many more Expand your investment horizons and secure your financial future. Secure your seat at investwealthsummit.com today. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for team reality. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Really interesting conversation there with Derek Van Orden of the greatest state of Wisconsin. I'm going to throw a flag on that. It's a great state. My state of Tennessee is the greatest in the entire nation, in my always humble opinion. Uh, but, Buck, what I thought was really interesting here, we had almost immediate conversations about this on Monday. Um, and he said it's the greatest Mideast uh, uh, failure in terms of intelligence in 50 years. But the more and more I look at this, I, I when I was referencing 9-11, and we talked about this a little bit on Monday, and, Buck, you're in, you were intelligence. You went into intelligence because of this. 9-11, there were 19 guys who took over four airplanes and uh, and were able to institute that terror attack. But there weren't thousands of people pouring into the United States to basically invade uh, a, a foreign country and go wreak havoc on them. In terms of the men, material, and weapons, I think you can well argue that the failure of uh, intelligence agencies to see this coming was even more substantial, not in terms of loss of life, but in terms of the number of people involved. Yeah. It should have been harder to hide this than it was to hide 9-11. You know, finding 19 guys who are training in flight school is is one thing. Uh, finding or uh, having advanced warning of a 1,000 uh, militants is something that you would think, especially given the Israeli um, skill set in this area and the focus and the resources look it's it's a huge uh it's a huge problem and you know right now we got to focus also on the israelis and their counter and their counter strike here look if you have any money invested in the markets pay close attention because a new patent pending artificial intelligence has just discovered a revealing 60-day pattern in the crypto market according to this ai which is powered by the same kind of award-winning tech that's behind other leading ai software the next couple of months will be critical most people won't know what to do missing out on income opportunities but if you're informed, 60 days from now, you could be cashing out with up to 25 times your money. Go to Conan2023.com and see this AI in action for yourself. It could mean the end of this year is shaping up well for you. Again, that website is Conan2023.com. That's Conan2023.com. Once you see this AI, you might never invest the same way again. Paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. All right, everybody, welcome back in here to Clay and Buck. As we continue to work through all the the most serious news this week, we, we also think it's important to for our, our general uh, mental and uh, emotional health, uh, you know, take moments of, of, of levity in the news cycle as well and, and look at some other things that are out there. And so that brings us to the uh, latest moments with uh, with John Fetterman and you know as i'm sitting here clay can see not all of you can see i am wearing a somewhat baggy hoodie 
So perhaps the Fetterman effect now is also a fashion. Well, you're also becoming an old man. It's, what is it, like 85 degrees in Miami and you're sitting around in hoodies and long pants? Like you're going to be wearing gloves soon, mittens, uh, when it's like uh, a little bit uh, nippy in uh, in South Florida. I will have you know that sometimes the air conditioning blows very strongly down here <laughs> in South Florida. What so, is the temperature, like 85 there today, like every oh, day? Yeah, out, outside, yeah, outside, yeah. You'd, you'd be sweating just, just standing in place. You'd be sweating in the shade, but, you know, in the studio, I, I keep it, I keep it very cold. So, and, uh, and that means that I can rock the Fetterman sweatshirt, which is now a thing. I wonder if you could try to get into, oh no, we, we saw the restaurants would not allow you to dress like Fetterman. Oh yeah, it was, was a great say. New York Post, uh, uh, headline article. I was going to say, at what point does the Fetterman sweatshirt become Enough of an icon, enough of a thing that you can say, I know it's jacket and tie required here, but I decided to rock the Fetterman. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing. You know, like interesting throughout history, there have been some random, uh, uh, like people think of the Trilby hat. You know what a Trilby hat is? Clay? I have no Come idea what a Trilby hat is. Trilby hat is, it looks a little bit like a fedora and it is named for, uh, there was a, a novel by Maurice du Maurier. Uh, called Trilby. It's where we get the term Svengali, actually. Svengali is someone who can control someone's mind. Trilby is the woman who's a singer who Svengali is able to turn into this great, uh, musical prodigy through his mind control. But she wore this hat in a stage play of the novel and it became known as the Trilby hat, which was then for a long time in the 20th century very fashionable. Kind of like a fedora. So for I'm just women saying, or for men? Uh, I think uh, definitely for women, I think maybe uh Allie check on this for me. I think maybe men wear the trilby hat as well, but it named for that. I've, I don't know that, that I've ever heard of the phrase trilby hat before. So it, it's a it thing. became it crossed. No, no, it, it crossed over into the males potentially from the women, which probably doesn't happen that often. Unless it, you're a uh, oh, no, it's by the way, it's actually this is crazy, folks. It's having a moment right now. It's trendy right now. I'm telling you, the trilby hat is there is a trend. There are hipsters. What's the hipster part of Nashville, Clay? Is it Eastern, Eastern East Nashville? Na East Nashville yeah. is the hipster part there of Nashville. Are, there are sure. dudes with very specific facial hair and lots of forearm tattoos walking around East Nashville with trilby hats on, I'm telling you. And it comes from this, uh, this novel from the late 19th century that was turned into a stage play. So, you know, you never know. So Fetterman sweatshirt, look, he didn't invent the sweatshirt. But the Fetterman, uh, the Fetterman look with the baggy shorts and the sweatshirt, it could become a thing. I don't know if he's going to become a fashion icon. He is, however, making the rounds on late night TV. Um, and, and here he is. We'll start with this clip. What, what, which show was this on team? This was, uh, Colbert, Colbert, late show with Colbert. I, man, I have not actually watched the Colbert show except for clips to make fun of it. I don't know ever really. Have you? I know, uh, is the answer, but the last time I remember seeing, we had a lot of clips of Colbert. Remember when he was doing that stupid vaccine dance? I mean, he just went so far and we had Rand Paul on earlier this week and Rand Paul was making the point. Colbert basically cheered on him when he got attacked by the random guy. And then when they got the, what they thought was anthrax sent to their house, uh, he's, uh, Rand Paul with us this week was talking about how Colbert's kind of completely lost his way and he does the show. Buck used to live like a stone's throw from where they would do the late show with Colbert. I loved Letterman back I mean, in the day, but I've never watched Colbert. I'll tell you, I, cause I don't live there anymore, so I'm not worried about anyone, you know, staking out my home. I lived on that block. Yeah. I lived on the block where the Colbert 
show is taped. And so I used to see them and this was, uh, this was always the reminder. They had this whole audience coordination team and they were all masked up. And I mean masked up like so late into the pandemic. I mean, when everybody yeah, yeah, else had sure. basically like got rid of masks. You remember we're yeah. still doing masks this past fall. Uh, it was, it was so trendy for them, uh, to, to be masked up and they were making sure that people were standing separated outside for a while, you know, making sure that they were social distancing outdoors with their masks on. Anyway, um, here is Fetterman talking about what it's like in DC these days on the Colbert show. Play 21. You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington, DC. Yes. Like sometimes, sometimes you literally just can't believe, like, you know, these people are making the decisions that are, you know, determining the, the government here. It's, it's, it's actually scary too. And, you know, before the, the government almost shut down, I mean, it came down to a couple hours out of 99 of us. If one single one of us would have said no, the whole government would have shut down. And that's how dangerous that is to put that kind of power in one's hands because you have some very less gifted kinds of people there that are willing to, <laughs> To, to shut down the government just to score points on Fox. Now, now, Clay, I think it's interesting, his point about, you know, it's a laugh line for Fetterman to be saying that we're not sending our best to D.C. when the reality is you look at someone like John Fetterman and it, it is shocking the kinds of people. Now, I know, well, isn't, uh, like, Jesse Ventura? He's the governor, governor of, of Minnesota. Of yeah. Minnesota. I mean, you know, we, we've had some very non-traditional politicians, to be sure. But Fetterman is, uh, in really a class, I think, a class by himself. And for him to be suggesting here, for him to be like making jokes about how we're not setting our best to DC, uh, over, over the government shutdown situation. I mean, John Fetterman is, I take it as proof positive that the Democrats believe if they have the right kind of system, they can get anyone elected, anyone elected to office. It doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. And look, I mean, the, the, the wild thing about, Fetterman, as we said, is that he won by almost five points. There's a poll, by the way, out that's somewhat reliable that has Trump up nine in Pennsylvania, which uh, is the most that Trump's ever been up in any of those states. But when I look at Fetterman and, and I see those arguments that he's making about we're not sending our best and brightest, remember, Fetterman never had a job where he could take care of his family. He just got paid by uh, his own family, which is wealthy. This guy in addition to dressing like, as we've talked about, a blue-collar guy and trying to pretend that he is, you know, uh, the equivalent of a mechanic or somebody who's having to go about uh, as a delivery person on a day-to-day basis, and that's why he wears shorts and the hoodie, because some people would wear that because it's more comfortable in a job like that. This guy got taken care of by his parents well into his 40s, Buck. So the idea that Fetterman somehow represents the best and brightest of Pennsylvania, I mean, he didn't ever have a job that wasn't taxpayer-funded at any point in time where he could have taken care of his family. And so this guy, the the entire illusion of Fetterman, you can have a lot of questions about people on a political basis, but to me, if you're a dad uh, and you are healthy, and he was prior to the uh, stroke, and you can't take care of your family, I don't want you to be trying to make decisions on behalf of the country. You couldn't even provide for your own family. Uh, Maybe I was just naive when I was younger, but I I did... There were these, there were these thoughts that we would have, like, you know, res- we would talk about things like respect for the office and public service and all of this now feels like a punchline. America is not sending their best and brightest to DC and he's, 
you know, the lack of self-awareness is, is truly yes. monu- monumental. Because right. who could be a better example of this than John Fetterman himself? But beyond that, um, you know, you, you and I have talked about this, Clay, many times. It feels like for so many people, you know, D.C. has become a route to notoriety and wealth. Um, the notion of it as public service has faded away. You have a lot of members of Congress who somehow become very wealthy over their political careers without ever really going into the private sector. Maybe they have a husband who trades or, you know, a wife who trades in the stock market very yeah, effectively. You, sh- you shouldn't be. That's one where it, that should be cross part. You shouldn't be able to buy and sell individual stocks if you are getting briefings behind the scenes like all those guys did who sold all their stocks when they saw what COVID was going to be. Like that shouldn't be possible in my yeah, opinion. I, I, I totally agree. And so. You know, you, you see this happening, but I think also there's the sense that if you have, um, for a lot of people, if you have a sort of happy and well put together life, you have no interest really in putting yourself through the, like the meat grinder of DC politics and all the attacks and all the, yep. you know, the, I think especially from the right. I mean, on the left, because you're always going to get cover from 90% of the media, it's much less. Let me look at John Fetterman. Yes. John Fetterman went from, well, here, you know what? Here he is talking about how every word he missed, play clip 22. How does it feel to have your private health become public news? Uh, it's, that's, you sign up for that gig and that's, that's part of it. And now, you know, the, the, the better I get, the sad, you know, Fox News becomes because they, <laughs> they, they love every, every word I missed was like candy for Fox News. Every word I miss is like candy for Fox News. I mean, he, he can sort of do what he's doing here, which is suggest the problem is people at Fox News who recognize that he's not up for this. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's one part of it. Or, or Clay, the alternative is maybe if you're having an extreme health issue that affects your actual cognition, meaning your ability to understand what's going on around you and your judgment and everything else, you shouldn't be a United States senator. Yeah. The job of a senator is to communicate. At its most basic level, the job of a senator is to communicate and advocate for your constituents and fight for the causes that they care about the most. That's the entire job. So I've never bought into the idea. Nobody, no athlete out there, Buck, could go on Colbert and sit down for an interview. And, and you know, if Aaron Rodgers is sitting down there and, uh, and he said, yeah, people have been really mean. I tore my Achilles tendon and they keep talking about my torn Achilles tendon when they talk about the fact that I can't play quarterback right now. Yeah, of course. Your ability to do the job if you're an athlete is reliant upon your body being in prime condition. Well, your ability to be a politician is reliant upon your brain functioning well enough for you to communicate and advocate on behalf of your clients and who are effectively your constituents. They can't do that. He can't do it. And so being angry at someone for pointing out your physical failures is not the media's fault. That's actually the job of the media. In fact, the people we should be angry at are all the left-wingers, Buck, who argued that John Fetterman was healthy enough to do the job and said that if you question that, you shouldn't be able to ask those questions, which is what they argued about people like me and you in September and October as we got ready for that big election in Pennsylvania, which unfortunately John Fetterman won. I can tell you, I I think that John Fetterman, I know right now I think his polling is pretty weak, but... um, He's becoming something of a, of a Democrat brand along the lines of AOC. He's the, you know, the work, the working man hero in the hoodie. 
And people increasingly, uh, I think, vote for brands, not for policies. Um, this is this is a, a, a trend. It's because of the media, the constant media environment that we're all in and the exposure that we have to all this different messaging and everything else. But that is really what you see going on. People are voting for the brand and not the specific, you know, ideas or how someone's going to vote on anything. Clay, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going for my first time to a new place tomorrow, which I want to tell everybody about a place that I believe you've been. Have, have, have you been before? I, I have been. I haven't been to a game, uh, which I still want to do. You're going to a game. You're going to have done something in the world of college football that I've never done before, which is a tremendous upset. Well, we're going to, we're going to get back to this here in just a second, but first you got to stay with us. I'll tell you where we're going. If you and your family take a lot of photos, particularly back in the day when we carried cameras and developed rolls of film at the film store, look, you're going to want to know about Legacy Box. This is the Tennessee-based company that digitally transfers old media onto files so they can be preserved forever. Because all of those old pictures you probably have stuffed in envelopes, boxes, or even organized in photo albums are going to fade with time. Do something about that with the help of Legacy Box. They've got a great new program set up just for digitally transferring pictures you've been holding onto for years. Those photos can be digitized for as little as seven cents a photo. So get your family's photos professionally scanned this fall. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer, and their team of 200-plus technicians do all the work by hand with the help of great technology. You'll get everything back along with brand-new digital files that you can save and share. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Buck to get started. Send them the first 200 photos you want scanned for just nineteen ninety five. Take advantage of this offer on the new photo service today and preserve your past for as low as seven cents a memory. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Buck. That's LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. You know them as conservative radio hosts. Now just get to know them as guys on the Sunday Hang podcast with Clay and Buck. Find it in their podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We're rolling through the Thursday edition of the program. And I uh, would not have believed this. We just teased it. Buck, you are going to a place where I have never been for a game. Well, wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on. We can't get too excited. Hold on, hold on. I may not be going to the what? game. Yeah, I know. I, it's it's a. Uh, I'm going to South Bend, Indiana, for an event. I'm gonna be seeing some wonderful radio listeners. I'm gonna be joined by uh, by Tudor Dixon and Casey Hendrickson. So I'm excited about that. But uh, the game, it's a game time decision. It's TBD because I I may actually have to go and and visit. Uh, visit family over the weekend. Some uh, some family. The stuff, game so. is actually a huge game in South Bend. This. Do you know what game is taking place this weekend in South Bend? I mean, it's a Notre Dame football game. <laughs> but do you know who they are playing? I'm gonna I, I'm gonna guess. I, I I legitimately don't know. Is it Michigan? No. This is. You are gonna be the only person going to South Bend, Indiana, who doesn't know that they are playing Southern Cal which is one of the great rivalries in all of college football. It's actually a huge game. Southern Cal's undefeated. Caleb Williams going to be the number one overall draft pick. It's the next star NFL quarterback. I'm not kidding. I bet you're going to be the only person in South Bend. Allie said she didn't know either. Are you going to be there, Allie, or no? No, okay. she's she's not going to be there. So I'm going to be there solo. I, I Look, I may be able to get to the game. It's just, you know, family obligations came it's up. It's a monster game. It's a monster game. You should go. Uh, I, I'm, you know, it, it's, I love, I love the college football play. So I, I might have to make this thing, this thing happen. I mean, for me, I feel like I've seen Rudy enough times that I kind of get the, the Notre Dame vibe, if you will. You know what I'm saying? How many people are coming to the event you're doing? I got hundreds. I don't know. Okay. Maybe hundreds. So every single person that is coming to the event is in disbelief right now that you are going to be in South Bend this weekend and didn't know who Notre Dame was going to be playing. Well, I knew there was a football game on Saturday, and I, I think, honestly, I should be getting a little more credit for the situation under the circumstances. You're, right? you're CIA. You didn't do research on where you were flying in, who the opposing team was going to be. I would think you would have gotten a whole briefing Clay, on this. I'm not I'm not showing up to South Bend to talk about prevent defense or something. I'm showing up to talk about saving the country. That's what I do my research on. So i got to see, but, you know, apparently it's a really big game. So now I might have to. People have offered to take me. So I might have to uh, might have to do that. But my guys know. at Big Noon are going to be there. Um, you know, like uh, the pregame show that I'm on. You know, four or five times this week. Last couple of years, I've been on weekly. Uh, the Fox pregame show is going to be in South Bend this weekend. In fact, right before we started the show today, one of my editors at Outkick was reaching out, and he was like, "Hey, my family's going to be there." Um, and so uh, 
I, we'll this is going to be amazing to find out how this I'll goes. See. It'll be a game time decision. Does Buck go to the game? Uh, but have a great rest of the day, everybody. We've got to close it out here. We will talk to you tomorrow. I'll be in South Bend. See you, South Bend, folks. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.